Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. Kat Smith here. Wanted to welcome you to this episode of our podcast um, and our guest today, Anthony Prince. Anthony is, besides being just a lovely, awesome human, uh, is a musician, a yogi, a wellness coach, mindfulness teacher. Also, Anthony is Enneagram 9. So Christy, Anthony, and I sit down today to talk about yoga postures that we would recommend for every single Enneagram number and the reasoning behind it. And um, a little spoiler alert, we all come up with different different postures. So I invite you to listen to perhaps incorporate some of these suggestions into your yoga practice or Enneagram journey. We hope you enjoy. Anthony. All right, Anthony, thank you for being here. We're so excited. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of the nine numbers and talk about a yoga pose that each of these nine number needs. And so we're going to start with you. Which number do you want to start with? Man, I think it might be beneficial to start on two. Let's Just do so it. we're like going through nice. the triads. Heart triad. Let's yeah. start with the heart triad. So heart triad. We got Enneagram 2. We got the giver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the helper. Um, I think sometimes they can give away almost their entire existence. <laughs> just <Yes. laughs> Inherently, they're just like, I want to help. I'm going to position myself to help even if I don't want to because they don't know how to any other way to connect um, or a better way. And so a lot of what happens is like the root chakra becomes ungrounded. The space of grounding becomes disconnected. Mm-hmm. And so I picked garland pose or malasana. I thought this was a really like primal kind of posture to be in that can really help wake up some of that rooting um, in the lower two chakras or even the lower three um, that could help, you know, really invite more um, connection to the earth, uh, invitation to, you know, connect with I have, I am, I am allowed to and to really exert boundaries from that kind of place. So I, th- yes, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. That is beautiful because I'm in an Enneagram too. And um, I think sometimes sevens mm-hmm. and your husband is a seven mm-hmm. get their reputation for being kind of the scattered sevens. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, <laughs> most of the twos can be pretty scattered when they're in an unhealthy place. Like I have run out of gas more times than I want to admit. I have lost my keys. Like, I can totally be a scatter, too. And so I do need to connect to my root chakra. And I love malasana. Like, that's a really good grounding pose for me. Um, I would say uh, Shelly in our Enneagram 2 interview talked about going into child's pose. Child's pose. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Balasana, child's pose is a really good spot for me um, because it helps me to have that humility that a two needs because our deadly sin is pride. And I do have that sometimes. Um, I can, I can be like full of shame and feeling not good enough, or I can have that pride of, of I am good. And so child's pose helps me to get grounded, like you said, to the earth, like to that, you know, to the earth and get grounded instead of being scattered. But it also um, helps me to find that humility that Shelly talked about in our interview. Yeah. And so I love child's pose for the Enneagram too. 
So that's what I would offer. And sometimes when I've taught children's classes, we've called it turtle pose. Turtle pose. And so that that going inward, like I need that too. I need to be more like an Enneagram four and to like find my introspective space and to, you know, stop and be still. And, um, and I have to own that I don't always do that enough, but the days that I do that, I feel centered. I feel present. I feel grounded. That so. makes sense. And, um, you know, before I offer up my pose, I think it's important for our listeners to know you don't have to be Enneagram 2 or Enneagram 1 or 7 or whatever mm-hmm. to like another number's posture. Um, if you have a yoga practice or you're just starting your yoga practice, you probably would know that certain postures agree with you and certain postures don't. And, of course, it's important to remember your limitations, uh, what kind of injuries you might be working from, um, you know, definitely don't do anything that's painful for you or doesn't make you feel right. These are just our suggestions, but we certainly hope you try them all and maybe even reach out back to us and say, I love this and I don't really care for that. So here's what I say. For me, number two would need any kind of supported propped up posture in their back. So I picked supported bridge. Uh, But if that's not your jam, um, if you've ever been to yoga practice uh, at a studio that has props, bolsters and blankets and and blocks and whatnot, or even at home where you have a throw blanket or or, or a pillow, just laying down and propping either your sacrum or back of your legs or your ankles and just kind of feel really stable, grounded, supported, because to support everybody else, sometimes at the expense of their own. So I would say supported bridge. That'd be my vote. Well said. I love it. Thank you. Awesome. Anthony, you're up. All right, we're we're on to three. (laughs) Okay, the achiever. I think this is my brother. So um, I unfortunately haven't been able to type my whole family like I want to. (gasps) Really? Do you have just one brother? I have one brother and one sister. Um, My sister's definitely a two. Brother's a three. Dad's got to be a one. Uh Mom is an anxious six. Um, and you're a nine. Somewhere between that, the nine came in because everyone had their opinions. Yeah. And I said, I'm just going to do my own thing. Peace out, people. Mm. Peace out. Yep. I'm going to make sure everyone's cool, but like too much. Yep. Too much. Too many opinions. <laughs> um, so on the three, the achiever, I think it's really easy for the achiever um, or the three to, you know, they're hard workers. They're very diligent. They're very success oriented. And to the degree that they actually become success, they are mm. just you know, their ego and their well-being mm-hmm. and how they think of themselves is really well-rooted in the achievements or accomplishments they've been able to attain. Um, so it's not too far-fetched to say, I think, that a three will work so hard that they literally are, you know, achievement. Um, so with that said, I think it's really easy for them to let go of their heart space and to... Yeah you know, realize that they have a sense of worth that is not a tied, that is not tied to their achievements. Yeah. Mm. Um, so any kind of heart opening exercise, I think, or posture is really beneficial for the three to just say like, this is my value achievement or not. Um, because, you know, the, obviously that can go backwards. If an achievement or a goal was not met, then everything crumbles. Yeah. What am I? Who am I? Yeah. This is an insane existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay, you know, submit. It's fine. Yeah. So I actually picked camel pose. Um, However, that can be kind of a difficult posture depending on, you know, Mm -hmm. who you are. But any kind of backbend that encourages like squeezing the shoulders onto the back and extending the chest forward, Mm -hmm. allowing the chest to just open and radiate, I think is really good for just inviting 
more energy, openness, comfort, acceptance into that heart space. I so, love it, yeah. Anthony. That's a really good one. That's yeah. beautiful. I have a lot of opinions on my brother, so I love yeah. him. Does he practice <laughs> yoga? No. No? No, I'm the only one in the family who does. How crazy is that? It is. Well, my family's pretty similar. My husband by affiliation, I think, just because otherwise I'll kick him out the house. But nobody else does yoga. My kids, mm-mm. Yeah, my husband's not into yeah, it. Now, my one-year-old daughter is doing yeah. it with me. She strikes a pose. Look it at is that. Go, Isabel. So cute. But I will say, one thing my husband does do, um, he's a three. And like you said, threes need to open up in their heart space. But he will go to the porch almost every night with my yoga mat. He mm-hmm. takes my yoga mat and he lays down. And isn't that what, like, a three needs? Like, Shavasana. Like, it's basically he's having a Shavasana on the porch. And, like, that's what I would, you know, offer for the three because they need to move into, instead of the art of doing, which my husband is a doer. Like, he goes all day long. He can multitask like a champ. He's awesome at doing. And that's a gift in some ways. But, you know, with every gift, there's an Achilles heel and his – growing edge is that he needs to work on slowing down but man he does that on the porch at night and I have to like as the two who can can sometimes be a little codependent I need to give him that time right like I need to also sometimes say hey have you had your time let's connect now like so I can still ask for what I need but I still need to give him that time to kind of do his shavasana and just find that sacred rest. Yeah. And that is what he needs. And I would say, like, if you have problems, like, with your back or something, constructive rest would be something you could do mm-hmm. instead of Shavasana, where yeah. you're, you know, bending your knees, your feet are at the edge of the mat, and kind of this knees just drop in towards one another, and the thighs might touch. They may not ground the back into the earth. That could be a good one for the three, too. Yeah. But Shavasana or constructive rest... It's just they need rest. And like Anthony said, they need to open up in the heart space. So you might do some goddess arms in in your Shavasana to open up in the heart Mm -hmm. space if you're a three. But that's what I would offer for my threes out there. But I'm I'm proud of my husband for taking his little Shavasana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I'm just going to say great minds think alike because my pick for threes legs up the wall. So let's just take that Shavasana in. Pump it up a bit. So legs up the wall, uh, you literally can do uh, with the wall or without the wall. With wall, obviously, feels more supportive. And that's when you scooch um, your bottom all the way to the edge of the wall, so to the floorboard. And you literally hike your legs up the wall, and they don't have to be straight. And you can lay on a blanket, and you can have a pillow underneath your head. But it's in essence, what you're doing is you're bringing the legs above your heart, which uh, helps reverse the circulation in your lower limbs which has a really soothing effect for not only your nervous system, but also really therapeutic for your circulatory system. So when you've been literally, maybe not literally running and working hard, sometimes, you know, the saying goes, you sit down and you prop your legs up. Well, that's exactly what it is. And I Mm. think any three can benefit with just prop the legs up Mm -hmm. and chill out. So, yeah. That's Good my pick offering. for the three. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, love it. All right, we're All back right. to you, number four. We're moving on. Yeah. Number four, the idealist. Um, I actually don't know any fours. Um, so this one was a little bit of a challenge. I did have, uh, let's see, Typology Podcast, Ian Morgan Cron. Oh, he's, he's like my great. hero, and he's a four. Yeah. So I've heard him talk a bunch, and I'm like, okay, well, I understand there's this 
huge amount of create creation expression mm-hmm. um and they're very sensitive you know mm-hmm. they have yeah. their ideals and it comes from a very genuine space yeah um and if they are not able to express themselves well enough then there comes in of course the dark side of not enoughness mm-hmm. um so it almost ties into what i offered for three but this is why you know they're all in the heart triad there is a battle of the heart mm-hmm. in in different ways um but they're all closely related so mm-hmm. I actually picked bow pose because that feeling of not enoughness really stems from perhaps we could say a weakened solar plexus or third chakra. Yeah. You know, that warrior energy, that like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to your daily life. <laughs> um, and just as you enter into that posture, like you are literally using all of your core to try and get yourself into this, you know, extreme position. And what's connecting you to the ground is like, you know, most of your uh, your solar plexus is still touching the ground. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, your roots and your second chakra are still there, you know, and get mm-hmm. helping ignite some flame up to that third that tri- third chakra space. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have to say on the floor. I like that pick. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah, our um, romantics, our individualists, uh, like the fives and the nines, they need to be more embodied. Mm-hmm. They need to move into the body. And so uh, I love your offering because that moves them energetically into the body. And I, I would offer happy baby for the four because they need gratitude. They need happiness. They sometimes, if they're in an unhealthy space, can kind of see themselves as the victim. Um, they sometimes can look at life as the grass could always be greener, you know, just thinking that um, their life is not enough. Their life is not complete. Um, And so they, you know, they need that gratitude. They also need the happy baby, I think, that rocks from side to side. I love that energy of rocking from side to side and happy baby, but they need movement. They need to move into the body. So I would, I would say that they might be inclined to stay still in happy baby, but they need to kind of move into the body and maybe rock from side to side. So I would offer that. For our fours. I'm noticing a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <A lot of> <laughs> All right. Well, I was thinking so, um, and I've said it before. Uh, Four is an enigma for me. Uh-huh. So when I was writing all these down, I skipped over four because I was struggling with the four, just like Anthony said. And then I had to come back to it. And I am thinking a mountain pose. And here's why. So um, in a healthy space, four would move towards the best qualities of a one. And I'm a one. So steady, secure, no self-comparison. And I was just thinking mountain pose with your feet firmly planted mm. and you standing tall and relaxed and unmoving and maybe even eyes closed so you can go inward and just find that sense of structure, stability, security, and not worry about any self-comparison. Because a I lot of times, like mountain pose, everybody looks so damn good in a mountain pose. Like you yeah. can't really like, oh, look at her mountain pose. I wish mine was the same. Everybody's kind of solid as a rock. So that would be my pick for the four. 
Yeah, I love Stand that like because they do. They compare themselves. Yeah. Their deadly yeah. sin is yeah. envy. Mm-hmm. And so that can show up as yeah. being competitive yeah. or comparing themselves. Not and, good enough. Yeah. yeah. But everybody's good enough in mountain Yeah, everybody's pose. great in a mountain pose. <laughs> and ideally, if we're really in a healthy space, we're feeling good enough in whatever yeah. the pose is, yeah. right? But that that's hard. That's where the work is. Yep. That's where the emotional work of the Enneagram and yoga is. All right. So we are going into our thinking triad. All right. Bring it. Um, five. <laughs> I mistyped myself as a five for about a solid oh, year. You did. I did. Well, I can see you're um, very knowledgeable. So I definitely yes. see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, well, I kind of started learning from one of my teachers back home in Atlanta, uh, Greg Tinkle, shout out, mm-hmm. um, who's a nine. Um, and he just knew a lot about Enneagram. And I would demo for him during COVID when we were doing live streams. And we would sit and chat after class like 30 minutes or so every day. And I'd learn a lot more. And he started suggesting, was like, just throwing things to think mm. about. And I was like, holy cow. That's when I realized I'm a nine. It's like, <laughs> but there were a lot of similarities. There are, yeah. Um, so five being a withdrawn type, much like nine and four, um, you know, the – hit me with the name. I forgot. The, uh, uh, the, investigator, <laughs> the investigator or the, the observer. observer. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. Um, you know, there's a lot of losing yourself to the identity of your information. Yeah. Um, and mm. that is just that is so. so can you wild. say that again, Anthony? Yes. Beautiful. Losing yourself to the losing your identity to the information that you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like the pursuit and conquest of constantly craving, learning, drawing, and it's like this is you. But wait, you have to remember. You know, you are not the Google search in your mind. Yeah. You are actually a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes when life gets too much for fives. Um, you know, they'll withdraw into that hole and they'll, you know, maybe read that book that they've been reading for the 10th time over. Um, and they tend to lose the ability for self-expression. Yeah. Uh, so I actually picked fish pose. Um, I picked a lot of like very engaging poses. I promise there's some. No, these are so good. (laughs) These are so intuitive and smart. Um, this is a fish pose really engages your heart and your throat chakra, mm. you know, encourages you to like find that self-expression, find that voice that does not require knowledge for you to speak. Yeah. Um, that's just like, this is how you feel. Get it out. Yeah. It doesn't have to be mm. right. It doesn't have to be politically correct. Um, it just has to be genuine. Yeah. And so mm. like any practice of authenticity is great for a five. I love it. In mm-hmm. that regard. So. I love it. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I love that too. All right. So for me, my five is the five pointed star and I'm doing it right now, at least with my arms. Um, So because the five needs to move towards an eight for their air of health. And so the five-pointed star, of course, that has the name five in it. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) there you go. But also, like, you're getting big. You're getting confident like an eight. Because I think a lot of fives that I know don't have that confidence. And that's really good for them. And so and we sometimes call things like goddess pose or five-pointed star power poses. Because we're actually, um, when we get bigger in the body like that, we get more confident. There's more testosterone like that's flowing through our body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that can be really good for a lot of us, but particularly for an Enneagram five. So that is my pick. I for the five. It. I love yeah, it. You're on. So I think I'm going to be a little bit of a black sheep in the family. So my <laughs> pick for five is a split prep. And here's why. So I think for five, it's really healthy to get out of thinking mind and get into the feeling space. Mm-hmm. And I do not know a person who does 
doesn't feel anything in their hamstrings when they're stretching mm. them out. Yes. Which is because we live a lifestyle where everything is so tight and everything needs to um, get a little more spacious. So if you are able to get a split spread or any kind of hamstring st- stretch and just connect to the feeling to, mm-hmm. without overthinking, without overanalyzing and just feel all the feels, I think that's a good thing for a five. Nice. So that's, I love that. that's my pick. Very good. Thank you. Love it. Thank you. All right. So we're moving on to the six. The six. <laughs> what was this one again? The loyalist. The loyalist, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was my second enigma, and I swear it's the only one that's as much of an enigma. I've, I've met maybe one in my life, apart from my mother, and that's just an I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person walked up to me in my old job at, as a bartender, and he just, he, he data dumps all the things about six and was like, able to ask him questions like so what is it true about the anxiety it's like, oh hell yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah um and so you know the sixes have this identity of and kind of a bad rep too i want to mm-hmm. you know back up for these guys um of you know overthinking themselves into the worst case scenarios yeah. left and right yeah you know being able to do that is very useful when you're creating plans of action you you got to have one person in the room who's going to always put their hand up no matter what mm-hmm. and say well did we think about this yeah um and so because of that pattern of behavior of constantly overthinking i think it's very important to know when to turn that switch off it yeah. can be helpful mm-hmm. but your fight or flight can dr- go you know completely off the road and crash mm-hmm. you into a tree yeah and now you're just depleted so i pick child's pose I also picked wide-legged forward fold. Um, just any kind of posture that's like going to chill you out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any seated forward fold I think is great. Any yeah. just it has to be seated. I think for a six yeah. it has to be seated. Um yeah. Restorative practices and styles of yoga. Yeah. I think that whole umbrella is yeah. really well suited for this. I think you're right that sixes do need grounding <clears throat> poses, but I did not pick a grounding pose. Mm. What did so you pick? I picked airplane pose, Dakasana, mm-hmm. because I think that number one, I think it's kind of funny because a lot of sixes are afraid of flying, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. they need to get what's the what's catastrophe? The, what's the pill you get if you're going on a, a flight? Because <laughs> you, me. yes, yes, yes they you need. know how I know I take it. <laughs> if they're going to fly, which a lot of them are not going to fly, but if they're going to fly, they're going to have their drama me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they they need to find that courage that faith that hope they need to fly they need to find their flight and so airplane pose like just to help them with courage yeah to help them with you know the fact that life seems very scary to them there's always the next catastrophe but you know just go ahead and find it's kind of like the trust falls that we did like when we were in high school like Mm -hmm. go ahead and like have some trust and hope and faith and and fly right and like you know, we all may need a little bit of that. Like you said, no matter what our number is, yeah. like we, we may need some of these poses. Yeah. I know courage is something I have yeah. to work on in my own life, even Ditto. though I'm not a six, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so like, if you need more courage, Dacosna is a good one. Yeah. So um, I 
That's my I, pick. I agree. I like it. You're just like pushing to the edge a little bit. Like, <laughs> yeah. go on and fly, my little bird. <laughs> just like Anthony, I picked child's pose. I feel it's important for sixes to feel safe and secure. So the safety, I cannot think of a safer space on a yoga mat than a child's pose. And um, important to remember that you can take child's pose on your back. So you can just hug your knees in and lay on your back and that may feel better. And also sometimes even an embryo pose where you you can rock onto your favorite side and just kind of hug the knees and ground the forehead down and just allow for everything to settle and feel in that mm. womb-like environment, which you can create for yourself externally and internally and just let the anxiety settle down and let the catastrophe thoughts kind of settle down and to ease off. And just to remember, yoga is not once and done kind of thing. This is why we continue to come back on our mat. And this is why we continue to practice the postures. So they have the continued effect to ease what ails us and to help us build what helps us be our authentic self and be yeah. stronger. That's beautiful. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Nice. <laughs> Sevens. Can we not be enthused for this one? I don't think <laughs> we can. Uh, enthusiasts. So... I've wrote a little thing. So you love adventure and love life, but if you never learn how to stop, assess, evaluate, find gratitude before moving into the next adventure, you likely will find yourself desensitized to the fulfillment that was found through the adventuring. Yeah. Now, I've known a lot of sevens. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some uh, somewhere somehow that's what's drawn to me the most. Huh. So I've gotten to observe them. I see that um, with your big smile. Like, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You have like this like magnetic sort of force around you very that says, much come to me and I a seven has that and yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. Ooh, he seems fun yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. okay here goes the roller coaster yeah. um, and so like you know i think it's important for sevens to know you're gonna do all the poses regardless yeah so like mm-hmm. because that's just your nature you're yeah. gonna try it all you want to keep having fun and you also want to avoid your pain so i think it's great to stand still i picked mountain pose for this one <sighs> Because it's very important to pause, Mm -hmm. reflect, and just see where you're at. Allow everything that you've been putting off to catch up with you and look at it. You know, mountain pose, you can't escape what you threw movement so much as you couldn't like a warrior pose or like a a warrior three or something crazy like a mermaid. Yeah. Um, This forces you to really have to like look at your, look at your thoughts, look at your, how you're feeling and just ask hard questions. Um, and then you can keep moving. You know, it's not forever. Yeah. Just a reminder to the seven. Yeah. Um, I love that. It's a pause. So good. I, I agree. So good. Love it. Because, yeah, it's it's grounding the seven, but it's also saying be here now in this mm-hmm. moment. That is so good. Yeah. yeah. Sevens need that. I need that. Um, so the pigeon pose is what I picked but just because we often think and this is definitely um, not the only area of the body where we store pain but we often do store a lot of emotional pain and trauma in our hips and so for the seven who is scared to feel the pain it's a really good thing to get into pigeon because it's on the ground so it's grounding but it's also helping them to connect to the pain. And so whether it's, you know, recline pigeon on your back, a deer pose or half pigeon, it's just good to kind of feel the the pain, release Mm -hmm. it. I mean, yoga is a place where, you know, we store a lot of things, a lot of trauma in our body 
And yoga is that place where we can connect to that pain and release it through the breath. And so I would offer that for my sevens for the reason of, of grounding, but also to kind of connect to the pain. I think that is so well said. You know, like the saying goes, uh, yoga is for us to feel and to heal. Mm -hmm. You have to feel it before you can heal it. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to feel it, that you can't heal it. Yes. I mean, y'all know I'm married to seven, so I live this day in, day out. And it's funny. He's probably going to be mad at me if I tell y'all the story, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> so we got in a fight last week. No, it doesn't. Some trivial. I don't even know. And then <laughs> after we got done being mad at each other, we went out to dinner. And uh, my husband texted me. He's like, hey, listen, so let's go out to dinner. The only thing I ask you, let's not talk about anything bad. Let's just talk about all the good. I was like, you're such a seven. Oh. Like, we cannot talk about the fight. We got to talk about everything that's happy. I was like, I, I, Captain. So my offer for seven is cat and cow. And here's why. So cat and cow is a movement of the spine, movement of the hips. You start in tabletop, hands and knees. And sevens have a hard time uh, residing in the present moment. I think we all do. I mean, I think statistically we all either live in the past or in the future. But for sevens, the struggle is, is real. So to connect to the present moment... What better way than have your hands planted, have your knees planted, have your feet planted, and moving on the breath. So, you know, if you've practiced yoga, you've probably had your mind wander a bazillion of times. But if you're literally moving through cat and cow and linking the movement to your breath... It's virtually impossible to think about anything else. It's mm-hmm. impossible to think about where you could be having more fun or what is the FOMO about, where you're missing out something. So connecting to your breath and the movement, there's really not a lot of space into letting the mind wander. So I would say cat and cow for my sevens. I love that. Nice. Get in the present moment and just roll with it. Can I say something before we move to the body triad? Okay, just because we're talking about our husbands. Okay, so the threes, so I'm married to three, you're married to seven Mm -hmm. and the eights. The threes, the sevens, and the eights need to move into the heart space. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, those are types that that's what they need first and foremost. And so um, sometimes I think that I'm I'm a therapist, that's kind of my day job, and so we have something that John Gottman came up with that we advocate for anybody who's, um, you know, married and working on their marriage, which is anybody who's in a partnership. And so it's called the State of the Union Address. So John Gottman came up with this. And it's where you get to talk about the difficult things. So if you want to go on your date Dude, night, you I, I, I'm going to need fun. that in notes. I'm going to need the dot com, the, the, the website, the nice. article, the everything. Yeah. But I, I kind of have to do that sometimes with my husband, too, because threes can be positive, too. Like they don't want to feel the pain of yeah. life. So we have to sometimes have that state of a union address where we just talk about the hard things, talk about the painful things, talk about the things we need to work on. Um, so, so there can be the, the opportunity for Girl, date night. He may never go to dinner of, with me again. Like, no, lady. <laughs> so that's just an offering. You guys I love can it. take Thank it or you, leave my it. Friend. Let's Thank go you. to the body triad. Yes, this is where I live. Um, I love eights, the challenger. Uh, my first ever yoga teacher, Netta Dropity, tough love yoga in Atlanta. Shout out. Um, she is an eight, and she's an absolute fire force to be. I mean, her nickname is Loki, the Cobra Queen. Cobra Queen. 
um, yeah. for a good reason. Yeah. Um, and so, let's see. I don't know if you know this, but the psoas actually holds a lot of fight or flight energy. Right. I um, mean, you know, that's yeah. in our that's in our hip space. That is totally intertwined with our our root chakra. You know, the most primal essence that we have. And so, when we start talking about eight, the challenger, I mean, that name inherently has a connotation of like there's probably a lot of intensity there, mm-hmm. a lot of anger. Um, and so, I think the the lesson for the eight is to learn how to dial that down. And to use that intensity when it's necessary. Um, so I picked um, I picked down dog lunge. I like to stretch mm-hmm. my hips a ton all, as, as it is. Um, so I would say even any kind of lunge stance that helps, mm-hmm. you know, bring openness to the hip flexor, the psoas. Um, you can even do any of these lunges with your back knee on or off the floor as a way of making this more doable. Um yeah, hopefully that helps release yeah. some fight or flight intensity. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I'm smiling right now because I'm still thinking about the title of the yoga studio, Tough mm. Love Yoga. It's <laughs> Welcome right. to Atlanta. Isn't that perfect well, for a challenger? A <laughs> and their mascot's a cobra. And, yeah. and is it the owner that's an eight? Yes. Because tough love yoga, tough. They're tough. Yeah. Enneagram eights yeah. are tough. Yep. Like it's such an Enneagram eight name for a yoga studio. Even the so. love is intense. It's like, oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I feel the love is tough and intense. And yeah, and I yeah. mean, you know, our eights are going to the two, that space of love and empathy and open heart when they're in a healthy space. So mm-hmm. obviously this owner is a, a healthy eight, but named tough love, I think embodies the eight and the two kind of coming together. So I think that's beautiful. I just want to offer that. So I picked bridge for the eight Mm -hmm. just because again, they need to open up in the heart chakra and they need to be more vulnerable, more empathetic. So Mm -hmm. that's my offering for the eights. And I'm piggybacking on you. So to me, the need for the eight is uh, feeling comfortable with being vulnerable and Mm. what's more vulnerable than camel with Mm -hmm. your throat open, Mm -hmm. with the head drop back, with the chest wide open, very vulnerable space. And um, maybe camel is not for you and you do half camel or even a standing camel with the hands on your lower back and just letting the head drop if that's available for your neck and just let the chest and the throat open up. But finding a space where vulnerability doesn't feel so shitty, Mm -hmm. you know. Brene yeah. Brown shout out in case she's calling. <laughs> but um but so 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 just just finding a vulnerable space and trying to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because for the Nate mm. I can't imagine that wouldn't be a comfortable space. So just try it for size, if you're willing. I think they'll be drawn. They love confrontation. <laughs> right. Challenge. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And we're going to your number, yes. Anthony, yeah, the nine, yay. the peacemaker. I'm gonna do my very best not to spin off into a thousand tangents. Keep um, going. Yeah. Say as much as you want. This is you. This is okay. you. you are. <laughs> so the nines, the peacekeeper, yes, that's what I am, with a definite what I thought was a fifty fifty kind of wing into uh, the eight and the one, but it's totally like 75, 25. That eight switch sometimes turns on and I'm like, oh, I have to apologize for that. Mm, um, <laughs> yeah. And so like, you know, the nine is a very particular number being that it's winged by bo- by two other body types. Um, and so there's a lot of like indecision and decisiveness that can come from, you know, the heavy influences of three and six in this number. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes you need to shut down the mind, restart. It's like literally rebooting the computer. 
you'd have to turn it off because it started getting laggy and you have to turn it back on so it's fresh. Mm-hmm. And so getting into the body is absolutely essential for the nine in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, anger is something that is very um, absent for a nine. You know, when you think of keeping the peace, it's somebody could have wronged me and I'm just like, it's fine. Instead of mm-hmm. abdicating a little bit for myself and being like, well, hey, could you maybe do this this way next time? Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking that was like, you know, the worst possible thing I could say. Um, and so in order to be at a healthy space as a nine, I've noticed uh, where can I find my anger and can I follow it? Because that's what I need more of to activate, mm-hmm. you know, passive energies or passive spaces that need a fire in there, which is why I like eight so much. It's like there's a lot yes. of fire I can borrow from the neighbor. Um, and so I found this practice of when life is giving me hell, I will just sit in chair pose. And mm. it literally forces me to, I mean, almost get all the way pissed off. I said, well, I don't want to be here any longer. And it's like, but you need to just a little longer. You can. And so, you know, I picked that up off of my nine teacher from home, Greg. Um, that's something that he did. And I started doing and was like, I've gets me stressed. I'm just going to sit in chair pose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really do start to feel angry. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Um, and I feel so much better for it afterwards. Mm. Um, that said, not technically a pose, but fire breath, I think is very I did necessary. it too, Kapala body breath. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. I, I picked that for nine because it's like you are literally embodying and asking yes. for fire to come up. Yes. And you might literally feel anger and allow it. Yes. Please I allow love it. that. Um, don't tamp it down because you will tamp other things down inherently. So yeah. just allow space for anger to exist. And I think that'll be very helpful. Yeah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it from the nine. <laughs> yeah, yep. our peacemaker. And um, I picked um, Peaceful Warrior mm, for nice. the nine um, because I think that it has the name Peaceful in it, like our peacemakers, mm-hmm. and yet it's inviting the peacemaker to find that inner warrior, to find the voice, because the nine often abandons their own needs, their own voice, so that maybe their spouse can be the one who has the the big job and that they can, you know, they, they struggle a little bit with codependency and, and having a strong voice, you know, like Ian Cron always says that if a nine's going out to dinner, you know, and somebody says, well, where do you want to go to dinner? They'll say, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Like they lose their voice. And so that idea of like finding the warrior inside of you, finding your voice, um, and just, you know, moving towards being who you are. But also warrior two can be really active. Like if we stay in warrior two for a while, and I think that can move some of that sloth energy, um, that complacency out of the nines that some nines, not all nines struggle with that, but, uh, you know, that is the deadly sin sloth. So there are a lot of nines who can retreat, withdraw, and who need to go back to that um, arrow of integration, the three, and be more active. And so I think you can stay in that warrior two for a while to find some of that energy that the nine needs. So that's Mm -hmm. my offering, peaceful warrior. Peaceful warrior. (laughs) Well, I was thinking the nines um, could also uh, benefit from feeling assertive confident and energetic Mm -hmm. so what came to mind is plank pose or forearm plank yes and uh there is so much fiery energy and you don't have to stay in that pose for a long time and you can always modify by grounding your forearms your knees etc but um 
you want to get energized, hold the plank of forearm plank. And if you add Kapala body breath to mm-hmm. it, if you've never tried it before, try it. So you're working that really forceful, small exhales um, after a long breath in. It literally will bring the fire, stoke a fire inside of you. So to me, that would be the offering nice. for the nine. I, I love it. Both of you. Yeah. 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 And now we go to our one. The last but not least. <laughs> not least. Now not we've least. got Kat in here. You're not the least. Round of so applause one. for your couch. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the perfectionist or the optimist or the improver, I've heard it said in so many ways. Yep. Yes. Um, you know, this this number really is diligent, very principled, uh, hardworking, but can also put a ton of pressure on making things perfect. Um, and I think it's just really important in this uh, to a person of this headspace to be able to know when it's like time to surrender, not even surrender, but just like, you know, retreat to come back and fight another day instead mm-hmm. of losing the war, you know, forcefully pushing yourself further than you needed to. So puppy pose is something I picked. I said, you know, this is Mm. so great. Walk your arms out in front of you and just allow your chest to surrender, forehead to surrender, and just, like, sit there for a moment. Um, Even adding a little mantra, like, that's enough. Mm -hmm. Just that's enough. Mm -hmm. This is enough. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Love puppy pose. So I picked eagle pose, and here's why. I really struggle with that pose. I would love to never put it in one of my sequences when I teach a class because I'm not great at it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really important for a one and for all of us. I have a one wing, so I think this is especially important for a one or somebody with a one wing to embrace imperfection. But that's something all of us need to do is to kind of look at that pose that's really difficult for us and to still go for it because what we practice we become and I know from experience that I'm going to grow in that pose like since having a baby I'm kind of having to start all over again and like in COVID too set me back with yoga in terms of like really working on the poses and and being in my you know best place with them but I have to like really embrace that imperfection and know that like, it's going to come like, I'm going to come to a place where I'm more confident with it. But also where I am right now is enough. Yeah. And that's like what ones we really like the one wing in me needs to embrace that, you know, I'm already enough in eagle pose. But if I don't like, practice it, and if I just kind of push it to the side, I'm not going to grow. And I think sometimes the like the very things we need, we run from and so like I need to to keep working at eagle pose even though like I (laughs) I think I I was in a class with with you there were definitely some yoga teachers in the room and we were doing yoga pose and I was just thinking oh my gosh they're gonna see how awful I am (laughs) you know like I was having that you know they say that you're having a four moment well they say well the even the ones and the twos and the sixes, they say what they need is to calm the mind because the yeah. the twos kind of can always have this voice that's saying, you know, I'm I'm not liked. And the one is I'm not good enough. And the yeah. six is, is worried about what's going to go wrong. Like we, we all have to have that calming of the mind. But my sort of one wing, my inner critic yeah. can pop up out of nowhere yeah. in a yoga class. Mm. And and so... Girl, like, <laughs> you're telling me nothing I don't know. Yeah, let's go to you because you know all about it. <laughs> well, so I kind of went um, a little bit off-road with my recommendation. And y'all know I'm a 
one, and I've talked about it in previous episodes. So I picked a dancer. And frankly speaking, it could be a double-edged sword because it's very technical pose and you can really get hung up on perfecting it. But here's the reason why I picked a dancer, because I have a story to go with my pick. Love it. So... um Went out west uh, a few years ago and got a chance to practice the studio I followed on Instagram with the teacher I followed on Instagram. So it's crowded, it's hot, we're busting a move. And he calls a dancer and I am just jamming the dancer. I mean, I am rocking it. <laughs> and then I kind of sense like the teacher's coming towards me and I'm like... Oh, He's going to tell me it's the best fucking dancer he's ever seen, <laughs> ever. Um, and he's coming to me and ever so quietly, he whispers in my ear. And I'm like holding my breath like, this is it, people. And he goes, don't be an angry dancer and walked away. (gasps) Don't be an angry dancer one. And that I remember till probably my last dying day. And now I can talk about it laughing, but honestly, find the way to dance with life, being flexible and easygoing and not having to stick up your butt. And I'm just saying it because I know what it's like. So be a dancer and let it be playful and fall out and let it be unperfect. And don't be angry. So my students probably heard me uh, tell the story a thousand times. So once don't be an angry dancer and just be a dancer. Mm. So that's what I got. I love that. I appreciate that. That's a beautiful story. Thank you. Well, let's focus on Anthony a little bit. And um, I would just love to know about how the Enneagram is helping you to heal parts of you that you need to heal. Um, So to acknowledge that, I need to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I grew up the youngest of three siblings, first generation American here. My family is from Venezuela. Um, and so I was technically the first one born with papers. Um, well, the only one born with papers because I was the last one born. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of expectation was put onto me as a child. And so, you know, as I started using Enneagram, I was able to start backtracking. And even still, you know, I, I rem- remember moments of like that were defining. I was like, oh, right. Uh, this is why I am the way I am. And a lot of it comes from like having a lot of outside pressure. Um, because of, you know, a lineage that had machismo exist, which mm-hmm. for anyone that doesn't know what that is, that is hypermasculinity in Spanish. Um, mm-hmm. And because of being the firstborn or the only born uh, with papers, there was a lot of like, well, you need to be the best at what you're doing. You need to go to college. You have to get a degree. You have to make sure that you make a lot of money yeah. um, because it's easier for you and we can't. So you have to. Um, which when I look back, I'm like, that's not fair. Um, Mm. and so, you know, I, it was instilled into me that in order to find, um, in order to be liked by people, I had to achieve. Um, and that was, it was merit based. And so I, I adopted that mindset and I think this is where I started pulling a lot of three influence in. Um, and things just weren't clicking you know, mm. that it, tur- it turned out that that's, hey, that's not really how you make friends. Mm. Um, your achievements don't create your social circles necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, from the other side of that, because that was my father's influence, I had a lot of, you know, anxiety. Like, well, you have to worry about how you're presenting yourself and um, are you doing what's best? What will other people think? Um, if you do that, won't this bad thing happen? And, you know, this is totally my mother's voice. So, like, 
there was a lot of six and three energy and what happened to be like right in the cross relative to those was the nine. Um, and so I started, you know, really assessing the value of the Enneagram in that, um, holy cow. I mean, I started as a five first, just thinking like, and you know, as I think about it, things didn't really make sense. Uh, they don't make as much sense now as they did then. I was mm-hmm. strictly focused on like the intellectual side of just like wanting to acquire knowledge, wanting to know about all types of people. When I was fiving into Enneagram, I was learning about all the numbers and I was like, holy cow, wait, I'm actually doing the nine thing there. Um, mm-hmm. Because like everybody's interesting to me yeah. and I want to know what it is that gets everybody going. You know, the nine embodies a lot of a little bit of everyone. Yeah. Um, I think I think more so than the other numbers do um, because they have this sense of merging. Um, and so that is another thing that I've been starting to realize, like this little kid that said, well, if you do well, people will like you, um, has kind of created a codependency through his teenage years, mm-hmm. um, has really created an issue with merging with people. Like when I say merging, it's like you meet somebody and they have this problem and now you want to help them. Um, and you don't really remember what you were supposed to be doing for yourself and what comes inherently like supernaturally is like, what does this person need? And I can help them do that. Mm. Um, and so being a fixer kind of comes into play. And I realized this is something that needs to be worked on. Um, the Enneagram helped me kind of identify the issue and gave me some room to, you know, this is where yoga came back in and actually gave me work to do to help Mm. fix this. Um, and so merging was something that's, it's still something I'm working through and it really comes from me trying to avoid dealing with my own problems and my own feelings. Um, I think something else that comes inherent with the nine is like the, sitting in between this three and six space gives you this conforming and non-conforming energy and you are forever torn. If it's not clear as day what you should mm-hmm. be doing, then you're stuck. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in order to keep the peace, there must be neutrality with your thoughts. Yeah. Um, and so even something that might seem like a great idea is avoided because you know, even great things offer a come down and you don't want to feel that either. Mm -hmm. Subconsciously, that's how I looked at the world. So I um, found yoga as a way of inviting into myself and just like really increasing the the amount of awareness I had so I could ask myself in real time, am I willing to be present in this? Because that that became very necessary. Mm -hmm. I had to be able to to have enough awareness to ask, Mm -hmm. am I willing to be here right now? Because otherwise, I'm usually emotionally checked out. Um, And that's why I can put on a smile like nobody's business and everything's always cool and chill. But, you know, Mm -hmm. am I actually willing to be here? Um, Because even happiness comes at a cost at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the journey is still unfolding. And there is a ton, I could say, um, because I just think Enneagram is the bomb. (sighs) <sighs> you have so much self-awareness and you yeah. also have that Thank sense you. of ease to be around that a nine has. And, um, you know, I don't have a lot of Enneagram five friends, but the Enneagram fives that, that I've, <laughs> I've known, they just, uh, they don't have quite the mag- magnetic Charisma. way that mm-hmm. you have, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe some of that, you know, like you said, the, the nine goes to the three in their place of health. And so that, that 
you know, magnetic, charming part of you speaks to that that mm-hmm. place of health as a nine for you. But I mean, I also think the five and nine are easy to get confused mm-hmm. because they're both types that need to move into their body a little bit more. They're both types that can retreat and withdraw. Um, they can both be intellectual. I mean, all yeah. nine types can yeah. be, but especially the nine yeah. and the five can be that way. And so there's, and there, there are many more reasons that they're easy to confuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, like it, it makes sense to me why. And, and so we, always try to remind our listeners it can take a little time to find Mm -hmm. your Enneagram number and there's no shame in deciding oh wait I was wrong this is this is not I mean once you start delving into the the subtypes and the wings and the era of stress and health Mm -hmm. you can you can start to go oh well maybe maybe I'm wrong about this so it's it's a journey it's a journey of like just like yoga Kat and I say this a lot of you know, learning to, to know yourself. And, and, uh, so it can take, take time yeah. to figure it out yeah. and there's no harm oh, yeah. and kind of saying, Oh, I mistyped. Let mm-hmm. me, let me look at this again. Um, and, and the Enneagram is so complex. Sometimes listeners might go nine types. That seems too simple. But again, once we add the oh, subtypes yeah. and the wings, there's <laughs> a lot more yeah. than nine types. So, yeah. um, what thoughts do you have, Kat? Yeah. I just have to tell you, so I gravitate towards nines. I think my mom was a nine and it just, you embody the sense of just, just to feel good. Like I get emotional talking about it. It just, you have such an inviting presence about you, such a kind, allowing for space. I meet you i take you as you are since you you truly are a lovely lovely individual just to be about and can you tell us a little bit about your yoga teaching so we can yeah. have some students come to your classes Absolutely. Yes. um yeah. so i am new to the chattanooga tennessee yeah. area Welcome. as of six months um and i found myself landing at southern soul yep um currently working on teaching more there just substitute Classes started sure. popping up like crazy. I said, I'll take all of them. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Holiday season is coming, baby. A of them, yep. please. I only have one class a week, and it's currently stapled at Mondays at 4 p.m. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I do try to teach a lot in the parks. Um, I'm not, I've become less shy with creating my own space if I need to, um, mm-hmm. drawing from my eight space and then, you know, getting tired and falling into nine, just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone ever just wants a practice at the park, yeah. you know. That's yeah. always really good. And we're going to put your email. So if anybody wants to do some privates with you Absolutely. or something yeah. like that, we'll, we'll definitely. So I will say I come from a background in Hatha yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of alignment based stuff in there. So there's instructions for instructions. We can really dilute a posture so much to make it accessible and really worthwhile yeah. because mm-hmm. we're not doing the full, like, the full expression of a pose does not mean something isn't worth it. And that there aren't benefits. Just a disclaimer for anyone out there yeah. who's like, well, I don't want to use blocks. Yeah. Like, I'll show you how they can be amazing. Yeah. Um, so anyone who's working on constructing a yoga practice from scratch or it might be less able-bodied, I'm your guy. What's so. your favorite type of yoga to teach and what's mm. your favorite type to practice? Sometimes it's the same. Sometimes it's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. No, for me it's different. Um, I actually find – because – 
the nine inherently wants like a path of least resistance. I mean, it's yeah. easy to keep the peace. It's like, yeah. yeah, we can do the the alignment based yoga where I will offer you probably three three places to stop and about fifteen instructions per pose. Um, or, you know, it's not usually 15, it's more like seven or nine, but that's a lot. Yeah. You know, um, when we're talking about like a downward dog, it's like separate your fingers evenly, press firmly into each fingertip and press down onto the inner edges of your hands, press the floor down and away from you as you create space around your neck, etc. You see yeah. how this gets long winded and it's like, it can feel really exhausted on days. I'm not hyper energized to do. So I actually prefer to just let you lay and acknowledging that like, I fortunately have been I spent a life as an entertainer and a singer and I have control of my voice. Just listen, lie down, close your eyes, mm-hmm. breathe. I think it's inherent to me to want to teach more restorative practice. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, what was the other part of that question? <laughs> which type do you like to practice oh, and yeah. which? Now I have to get intense with my own body. Um, the crazier it is, the better I am going to feel about it. Um, because I think as a teacher, I don't usually have the opportunity to instruct really difficult classes, um, because I prioritize making something really accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's the bigger job as a teacher in yoga, um, is make sure people can get into this. Mm -hmm. Um, now I don't feel like I'm the person who's, you know, ready right now to teach teachers how to go to level three. Like, mm-hmm. we'll get there if we get there, but there's no rush. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Love that. Well, I have a last question for you, Anthony, and I think our, um, our listeners probably picked up on it. Your voice is exquisite. So <laughs> I feel like you're talking and I'm sitting here thinking, like, you can – recite grocery list for me i'll just listen it is your voice is so soothing and it's not by accident i'm sure you you have some great genes to work with but uh tell us a little bit about your music yeah Mm. so i started out as a piano player at three years old i mean the story starts with me walking into the music studio uh where my brother was getting dropped off for guitar classes he's 12 years older than me so he was about maybe 14 15 um and I saw a piano and I said, mom, play. And I was making a, a huge ruckus about it. My mom said, well, can you just let him touch the piano and get it out of his system? And so I did. And the teacher's like, actually, he has an aptitude to be taught at like three years old. And so he started piano classes. Um, I quit at eight because I was tired of being told what to do. You can start seeing like some of this eight wing coming in. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like I have a rebellious attitude when it turns on. Um, nobody's going to tell me what to do no no one's going to tell me what to do because you told me I'm going to do it I'm going to do it without telling you and do it even better um, kind of petty but I love it I think it's hilarious um, and so I quit piano at 8 but started viola and orchestra in 4th grade I think uh, I think that's about the same age but um, junior year of high school found how cool it was to play guitar and everyone was into the guitar player Um And so I started songwriting and really started developing a voice there, which I thought was huge and probably one of the most monumental parts of my music history. Um, And then I went to college for music education. I dropped out. I didn't like the conformity of of the the curriculum. You know, it's like music. This is how it's supposed to be. And it's it just didn't make sense. I said, well, how can something so freeform be put in a box? Yeah. Um, Mm. And on top of that, the competitiveness in college, it was like, this is not music. No. 
Um, and so I left and started a rock and roll band it's called The Night Shift. There's still music online, but I mean, it is, it is, it goes back to probably 2013 or 12 was our first release. And we got, you know, fortunate enough that we could tour on the road for five years and wow. do some things. And unfortunately, due to a drummer curse, because they can just be really boneheaded, I think, <laughs> you know, it might be, that might be another archetype to go into, like, Enneagram musicians. Um huh. We kind of finished, started another band, and that's when I started playing bass. And that is what that is what stuck. I think that is probably the most grounding instrument I could find next to drums, um, because like just that low end, I think mm. it just has a vibrational impact um, on like a serious physical level um, that is so therapeutic to me. So you know, I toured with that, and I am still a bassist for hire. But I'm just working on more wellness uh, coaching right now. So that's, I'm sure the bass will pick up at some point sooner than later. That's really cool. I, not too long ago, I read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. And oh, they yeah. talked about drumming and, and how it really can help a lot with depression really? and releasing trauma from the body. And some of the cool. same things you were talking about, the bass that was mentioned. And uh, so I think mm. you're right. I think certain types of music can really help us to to release things yeah. that we're holding just like yoga can so that's Very my husband's cool. a drummer so i can relate to some Drum of what you're saying yoga class some, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna happen <laughs> wow anthony um you are a gift like i have thank you loved you every too. minute of this interview it's been here here energizing i think our listeners are going to be so grateful for everything you've offered um, just a really open heart, and I wish that you guys could see a smile. That's one of the <laughs> yeah. one of the gifts of Anthony. Um, oh, he does really have a beautiful presence, and so go to his yoga class because yeah. you're gonna experience a gift. So um, he's at Southern Soul, and he also can do privates. And we're gonna put his information on our website yeah. enneagramplusyoga.com. Um, but we are thankful for this time with you thank you yeah find yeah. me on instagram that's where i post most of my stuff at mindful rhythm wellness love there it we go thank, thank you. you this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This meditation comes from the Wisdom of the Enneagram by Don Richard Rizzo and Russ Hudson. So we're going to start in the gut triad for this meditation. And so if you'll just start with hands touching your belly. So palms are going to face your belly. Start to find your breath here in through your nose. Exhale out through your mouth. And just stay with your breath. And so our invitation to the Enneagram 8s to stand up for yourself and speak out for what you believe. 
Remember that it is your true nature to be strong and capable of affecting the world in many different positive ways. Our invitation to the nine is to bring peace and healing into your world. Remember it is your true nature to be an inexhaustible font of serenity, acceptance, and kindness in the world. Our invitation to the one is to live for a higher purpose. Remember that it is your true nature to be wise and discerning. And as you stay with your breath, bring your hands to your heart. So now your palms are going to touch your heart. So one hand can touch the heart and the other hand can touch the hand holding the heart. Our invitation to you, number two, is to nurture yourself and others. Remember that it is your true nature to be good to yourself and to have goodwill and compassion for others. Our invitation to the number threes is to develop yourself and set an example for others. Remember that it is your true nature to take pleasure in your existence and to esteem and value others. And our invitation to the four is to let go of the past and be renewed by your experience in the present. Remember that it is your true nature to be forgiving and to use everything in life for your growth and renewal. And then for our head space, we're going to move our hands to our head. So just allow your palms to touch your head. That can be right there at the mind's eye or wherever you would like for your hands to touch your head. And our invitation to our fives is to observe yourself and others without judgment or expectations. Remember that it is your true nature to be engaged with reality, contemplating the infinite riches of the world. Our invitation to our sixes to have faith in yourself and trust in the goodness of life. Remember that it is your true nature to be courageous and capable of dealing with life under all conditions. And our invitation to our sevens is to joy joyously celebrate existence and share your happiness. Remember that it is your true nature to be happy and to add to the richness of experience for everyone. And then bring prayer hands to your heart. And just being mindful that we have body intelligence, that we have heart or emotional intelligence, and that we have the intelligence of the mind, our intellectual self. And that all of these types of intelligence are important. And that the Enneagram and yoga help us to work on each of these. So just take a moment to take one deep breath in through the nose. Exhale out through the mouth. And know that the light in me deeply honors the light in each of you. Namaste. Namaste.